LL Nation, what's good? The dynamic duo is back. It's back. Back. Yeah, yeah. I'm like Steph walking to the sideline in the playoffs. Like, <laughs> back. <laughs> back. That's right. Back That's Christmas. right. Featuring and brought to you by Anora Whiskey and NoraWhiskey.com. It's that premium <laughs> whiskey. AnoraWhiskey.com. If you're anywhere in the South Bend area, go to wherever spirits are sold. More than likely, they got some of that Anora Whiskey for you. Check it out once again, AnoraWhiskey.com. I am Sean Davis at SD2 Mics. That dude right there, the original lucky lefty himself, Malik Zaire at Overtime Malik. Happy belated, my bro. Thank you so much, man. You know, it's uh, another great year, another year on top, and hopefully another great year for ND football coming up. Man, we are excited, man. We're ready to talk about spring practice, the schedule. We got it in the email. They only gave us like one full practice the day before the pro day. So I, I know for sure that I'll be down there for that full practice that we have access to. I think we have about four practices where we have access to the stretching and then like the first five sessions, whatever that is, how they break it up. So it's 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 kind of limited. A lot of people hoped that they would get more access with Marcus Freeman. But I think for his first session, uh, we'll get Malik back. I think for his first session, I think Marcus Freeman still wanted to keep things kind of close to the best and very similar. As you can see, I didn't get a chance to get home to my home office. I am in the sit-tie. Yes, taking sir. care of business, didn't have a chance to get back home to my home office, but uh, we're going to talk about spring quarterback battle, players quarterback battle. Yeah, that's right. Battle. I know that's something we'll talk about. Your boy Cam McDaniel hosted with me today was the launch of Irish Players Club. Uh, I talked to a couple of guys and it's going very well. The sales are going very well. I purchased one NFT. One NFT. Oh, you're in the metaverse now. Yeah, I purchased one. <laughs> I want to make sure I get up to three. So I'm going to purchase two more before the season starts. Okay. I get up to three, but I purchased one. I'm going to purchase two more. I'm supporting. Uh, I think it was dope. I don't know if you saw this. I don't know if you had a chance to talk to your guy. Um, They actually held a clubhouse last week before the launching and there were three big time 2023 recruits in the clubhouse listening to okay. the Notre Dame players talking about the upcoming lunch. One of them was Dante Moore. Mm. He was listening to it. So when I saw that, I was like, okay. But once again, it's, it's interesting how all the publications are catching up to what you said about three months ago, bro. As far as Notre Dame and Dante Moore. Well, you know, the interesting thing is, the thing about Dante is that I know where his heart is, really. It's, it's definitely somewhere in that Midwest. But I know with that relationship with Tommy, it goes a long way. And, and, and you know, if you're on early with a kid that's up like that, that's a top quarterback, he's going to be able to uh, stick to what he knows, you know, no matter how hype it gets towards the end of his recruiting. Yeah, yeah. So, once again, I hope, I hope he can make it official. 
sometime over the spring, maybe late spring, and add Carnell to the to the mix, Caleb Brown, Jalen Greenhouse, and some of these other kids. And we can I mean, if he comes, ball. if we if we can get him to the spring game, knowing how big this is gonna be, this might be that might be a lock-in type of date. Yo, you you might be right. You might be right. That would be dude. That would be the ultimate. If that dude came to the blue and gold game on April 23rd, once again, it's a special day, y'all. Special day. day. April 23rd <laughs> is a pretty special day. I just think you all should know that. That's right. So if he comes, if he if he 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 announces that he's signing on April 23rd at that blue and gold game. Especially with the weekend that Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame have already set up with mm. this new legacy thing that mm. they've established mm. with the golf outing and the meetings and the dinners with the former players. And people are gonna come out strong too. Man, this might be this definitely might be the most attended blue and gold game in a long time. In the last 10 years. Yeah, definitely. I would probably say so. If he did that, yeah, it's on and popping. It's on, you might as well put the grease in the pan and throw the, I mean, and throw the kernels in there because it's about to get popping. Because when other there's no other time during the year you're gonna have that much Notre Dame special tradition all about Indy. It's not even gonna be another team there, and we have a whole game. And I think that's just all the necessary ingredients to lock in a guy like that. Because you're gonna see the most Notre Dame football love in the next three days during that time. Man, let me tell you something. Drunk Vigo said the Anora. Will be flowing if Dante commits on that day. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I might be buying shots at your local bar, boy. Air <laughs> around for everybody. That's right. That's right. Around Free round. We get around for everybody. Yo, it's good to have you back, though, bro. It's good to have you back. I'm gonna get to someone that I think you're going to love. That Notre Dame has gotten hot on their trail. I like that. All right. We'll talk about him shortly coming up. But let's get to the quarterback battle. And I'm going to ask you, my friend, if Marcus Freeman steps to the podium August the 25th and says, Drew Pine is my quarterback, you just shaking your head already? I'm trying to get to the end, you know. Try not, try not to get crazy before I get to the end. When he says, "Drew Pine is my quarterback," that's it. I mean, but <laughs> what's your reaction, bro? Honestly, if it's if it's if it's very early in the spring practice, it doesn't get to the after the spring game where he's announcing that. Yeah. I don't have a problem with it. You know, I think the earlier is done, whoever it is, I prefer it be Tyler. But if it is Drew because he's made a huge jump from last year to this year, then I do think that it's important that we start right now getting ready on what our identity is going to be going into that first game. The yeah. longer we wait and draw it out with a competition is what makes quarterback competitions suck. Now, the quarterbacks will say a lot about the offense. But you know what's going to take it to the next level? And this is something I wish I had cut this video. 
Because your boy Cam McDaniel, when he co-hosted with me last week, said he he said out of out of everything, he said the one thing he hated was spring camp. He said he could take training, he could take <laughs> fall camp. He said spring camp was some bull. <laughs> he was like, yo, mm. I didn't like it. And he said, honestly, spring camp was the best for the quarterbacks. He was like the quarter, he felt like the quarterbacks got the most out of the spring camp. So with all of that being said, do you think Tom, Tommy needs to put in the most work now? Or do you think you'll see more advancement by both guys in fall camp? I think the best thing about spring for quarterbacks is that you get the confidence early and often. If you have a guy that you're looking forward to, may being that you, you know who's going to start that season, it's just a chance for the guys to get familiar with the guys that are already there because the fall is just about getting the freshmen caught up in the guys you want to use, transfers or young guys in the season. So this is really a showcase of, of clear development for one quarterback. If you're trying to do too much in one time, you're not really getting much done from getting getting ready to hit into the fall camp with, you know, rolling. You want to be in fall camp rolling at a, at a good pace with, a, with the knowledge base of the fundamentals being installed, because when you reinstall them that first day of fall camp, you don't want to look rusty. You want to look familiar with what you're doing. You want to feel good with the chemistry and timing that you're coming off the spring with, especially if you doing the basic stuff. You know, it's just repetition of the fundamentals of the offense you're putting in, which is important to have a guy that you're going with because that's where the identity is starting to form. If you get in the fall camp and you're trying to form an offensive identity, it's just like trying to do a, a 10-page paper the night before. You know, it's just you can get it done, but, you you know, you might – you're going to miss some stuff. You're going to miss the details. It's going to be rushed. It's going to be vomited. And you're not going to look clean going into a team that has their stuff together. Well, so, yeah, well, so for me – yeah, so for me, I do think that it's important – that he gets a guy at least middle before the end of the before the spring game that he's confident that he wants to go with. That way you can get the most out of spring. Because Kim is right. You're gonna get a lot out of spring as a quarterback. I felt like I did going in early, just learning what it's like, learning the pace of practice, learning how to get my command in where I could and leadership where I could during the different parts of periods of practice. And then the competition to prove to the boys around you that you can do it. I think the spring is the ultimate. Showing the team, okay, I'm that guy too. I can lead the team out there because that's who you're going against. So it's like, you know, proving yourself in the boys' club, getting some rank as a young quarterback or a quarterback that wants to lead the team. That's kind of where the spring involved because you got a lot of competition stuff too from working out and doing little uh, stations and, you know, team stuff. So that's where you got to really, you know, get it in, you know, as a quarterback to establish that leadership order. Lucky Lefty Podcast. I'm Sean Davis. Oh boy, Malik Zaire. We're playing a little catch up. Now, I don't know. I have to let you hear this, bro. Because this right here, I've been waiting for you to hear this piece of audio. LL Nation, be patient with me because you guys have seen this. If you've been watching the show last week, uh, former linebacker Wes Pritchett from Notre Dame, member of the 1988 National Championship team, did a uh, interview with in our podcast shout out to them 
Have to give him that credit. And uh, this is what he had to say, my friend, about what Marcus Freeman is establishing. I just want to get your take on this, man, because I knew once you saw this, I was like, man, once Malik sees this, I'm going to give him like the next five minutes easy to just talk about it. This is Wes Pritchett once again. Kelly never brought the team. There was just like the whole – like when when Lou came in, Lou truly loved Notre Dame. Lou thought Notre Dame was more important than Lou. Brian Kelly thought Brian Kelly was more important than Notre Dame. Not that that's – I mean, that's just the world today. Okay, fine. Yeah. Um, He didn't bring the old – there was just a lot of things that I didn't necessarily love. I don't think anybody cares that he's the winningest coach at Notre Dame. And Notre Dame football is in a better position today than it was when he came in. But he's gone. Good riddance. I don't miss him. So, Marcus Freeman comes in. Um, you know, I think Notre Dame took a little bit of a, of a, of, you know, uh, rolled the dice a little bit. But apparently the players, um, the players all went to the athletic director, Jack Swarbuck, and said, this is our guy. This is a guy we want. And, I mean, I've never heard of such. That, that To me, that's awesome. Everything I've heard from him is, is impressive. I love his tenacity. He loves Notre Dame. He's a football player. Uh, he's a guy's guy. Uh, I don't think Kelly was any of those things. Um, obviously a good football coach. but um, And so what has Marcus Freeman done? I told you I was on a Zoom call yesterday. He, he already started. It's called the Legacy Program. He's taking all ex-players, current players, coaches, current coaches, and we have, we're doing Zoom calls once a month now. I'm in on that call. Huh? <laughs> Put me in on that call. I'm serious. So we just had That's our amazing. first call yesterday. Oh, wow. Now he's also, I just received an invitation for the spring game, which I was never invited to for 35 years. Bear hmm. in mind. Oh, that's exciting. They're going to have a legacy weekend, happy hour, connectivity meetings, golf tournament, everything with the old ex-football players coming together in one place to start that's trying amazing. to get some connectivity and start getting everybody involved because you've got all these, all yeah. this great energy and all these great successful guys, and we've never had a forum. Floor is yours. Well, as a guy from Dayton that knows a little bit about unity, bringing people together, and Marcus Freeman just installing that system. You know, when you when you get that iOS 15 and you got to update your system, he's just bringing the system into a program at Notre Dame that he's putting it on the world stage. And this is what you want from a head coach. Not 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 the the private flights and you know you you popping up and speaking at events. This is this is the Marcus Freeman that you get. It's more than just a football coach. You bringing in a program, a system, and especially when you doing on that level. He had a lot of he had a lot of truth to it. You know, it's a it's a little bit of a dicey role because he hasn't been coaching for the 30 years that Brian Kelly was doing before. And he also was right when he said nobody really gives the acknowledgement of the winningest head coach of Notre Dame like it's like it's like oh man that's that's a headline. It's an it's a very 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 important and, and rare accomplishment. But then again, the style it was done in was kind of like you cherry picking to get fifty points in a basketball game. It's like ah uh, you you know you got fifty for me cherry picking you cherry picking. So it's kind of that same love towards. That, but I mean, other than that, I mean, he's absolutely right. I think what the biggest thing he said is connectivity and what Marcus Freeman is bringing. He realizes how big the network is. He realizes how important the alumni are, 
and the football alumni specifically and bringing guys back because they did feel like they was a little uh, lost. You know, I had damn near, you know, get tickets to go back to the game. And I just graduated. It was hard. So I could only imagine a guy that ain't been back for 35 years. You would have forgot he graduated. You <laughs> like, day is really four for 14. You get 14 years, and then after that, you know, you ain't getting no blow to come back to the game. But that's changing, you know, and I think that's that's going back to what he was also saying about how the guys basically voted for the guy. Like, when the last time, if ever, t- guys on the team was like, hey, we want this guy to be our head coach. That's rare, and, and I think that means a lot, and it will show a lot in the season, and it'll be a – even though I believe we'll win nine games, no matter who the head coach is, these the nine games that we're guaranteed to win will just look different. It'll feel different. It'll feel like more of a dominating factor, more of a factor that, you know, we're not taking anything for granted. And that's just going to boost the morale and hopefully give us, like we always talk about, that just one more, that one more game we need to get to that, that promised land. And I think we're a lot closer feeling like that. And we haven't even gotten into fall camp. So, the momentum is right where we want it to be. And the more we keep getting into it, don't let us play well in the spring game because we're going to already start talking championships and be <laughs> talking ahead of ourselves. <laughs> Lucky Lefty Podcast. Man, we're about to turn this, man, based upon our imaginations. By the time we get to April 23rd, we will have turned this spring game into like the greatest event of all time. Like <laughs> more sitting on the field at halftime. We got he literally, Dante's gonna meet literally all the greatest. Him. Exactly. Dante's gonna meet all the greatest Notre Dame players in one weekend. We all gonna right. be like you should go here. I mean it's it's a slam dunk for recruiting, it's a slam dunk oh, for program man. building. I mean it's probably be the most turnt weekend or three days in Notre Dame. Shoot, it'd be bigger than just the, the students having fun. It'll be all type of people having fun. Man, Lucky Lefty Podcast, we just played the video of Wes Pritchard. That was the first time Malik has seen it. And it's like, it's almost like two weeks old. But I <laughs> saved it for him. I was like, yo, I know my boy's going to watch this and be dying. You should have saw him in the background, LL Nation, while the video was playing. <laughs> like, the reaction, you're right. Malik should not play poker because he cannot <laughs> <laughs> He definitely yeah. cannot hide his emotions. Did you? The, this was the I put him on the petty train. When the first time I played that video, I put him on the petty train. <laughs> there were so many petty moments it in was. that clip. He's like, "Yo, I mean, he's a guy. He's not a guy's guy. He didn't play the game." I'm like, <laughs> "What? What are you doing?" <laughs> He's like, he's really just like, he's not one of us. He just kind of, you know, played his position, you know. That's basically what he's saying. That's basically what he's saying. Like, this guy was never one of us. Get him out of here. Good riddance. Thank you for the wins. But, hey, it is what it is. So, the next position, and I know, I think I already know who you're interested. I don't think with Dylan McCullough coming in, the way he discussed things, he wants to really – he doesn't want to have a workhorse, right? He doesn't want to have a guy that's running 25 to 30 times a game. His most experienced running back really isn't built that way. Chris Tyree isn't about to give you 25 to 30 runs per game. He can be a difference maker, but 
out of all of the guys, Logan Diggs, Aldrick Estimate, you got the freshman Jadarian Price, Sebo Flemister is still on the squad. Already know who you want to who you want to bust out in the spring. I already know who you are. You re, you're ready for this guy to take the job. You've been waiting for him to take the job. And you felt like he should have got more carries last year. That's right. That's right. All you guys to me, that's my guy. I got my money on him in that running back room for sure. He's just built like it. He's built like he's ready to go right now. But, you know, I think that's the luxury of being a running back coach in Notre Dame. You don't have to have a workhorse. I mean, yeah. like, we got so many talented guys that I'm not going to say are similar in skill, but they're elite in similarity. Yeah. I mean, they're all good. They're all a little different, but they're all good. And I think that, you know, that's the luxury of having five guys with every guy a year coming in is, is something that's added to the room. And that and that's also going to keep guys healthy. I think the problem we've had in the past is that we've made guys workhorses that didn't need to be. And when it came time for them to get into that NFL or whatever the case may be, they were busted up. And we've that's had guys on the roster. Go back to 15, right? It sucked because, if I'm not mistaken, how late did how late in the offseason did uh, CJ move to running back? It was more like fall camp towards the end, but it was just like he was running a couple threes. Like he wasn't really got a one first team couple here and there, but it was more of a just in case type of thing. And so then that's people yeah. don't understand how depth. I don't want to say devastating, but Torian's injury was huge. I don't yeah. think people realize how important Torian Folston was in the yeah. grand scheme of things that season. Tifo was definitely a balancing piece to the offense just because, you know, give it to him or we run the option, me and him. You know, we can really do it. He can really take over a, a four-minute drive. He can really close out games because he was a smart runner. And he got better as the game went on, which was a very good piece for us, especially a safety net for me going into the season in case things got hectic. I know I could just turn around and hand it to him. So CJ getting in there was as athletic, but CJ was still like getting into the groove of being a running back. I mean, having an offensive line that we had, it was a lot easier for him to get going faster than it would be in a you know traditional average you know type of team. But CJ did an amazing job stepping in that role. But, you know, for, for what it was worth, we didn't know we was getting until that happened. You know, so obviously a lot of people was a little nervous because Tyreek could block his ass off too. Yeah, he could. He was a great all-around back, man. And I, like I said, yeah. that was like, of course, your injury against Virginia, but losing him against Texas was like, because I think even having you, CJ, it was unfair for CJ to go into that game against Clemson, because Brett Venables and be blocking people. Yeah, yes, and Brett Venables basically just sent the house. Yeah, he every time he was back, back there, downhill all night, and CJ that CJ had not gotten enough carries to really start getting into the mold of being a true running back, and it was just unfair. Josh probably should have gotten more more carries early on. Yeah, I mean, that was, I mean, we had Josh Adams at the same time who 
may not have been as good as the 33 trucking year, but it was still good enough to get the ball. His first touch was a touchdown. So right. what's the worst he could have did at with that offensive line, right? And then you had Dex, who was still very, very young, but still effective in what he was able to do, especially looking at his senior year. So we had guys on the roster that could have got a lot more times and touches than the injuries that they had suffered being the workhorses that they were previously. I forgot Will. I, I, I forgot Juice was back there too. Hey, Juice was in that running back room, wasn't he? Yeah, it was CJ, Josh, Tarian, uh, Dax. It was, I mean, we had a stacked room. Now, see, and people will say that uh, Notre Dame, they haven't done a good job recruiting running backs. And I'm like, we got hella running backs. The running back, <laughs> the best, running back room has been one of the best rooms. Consistently. Consistently. From a production standpoint. Yeah, I mean, going back to Sierra and Theo, I mean, we haven't lost steam since. Sierra, Theo, Cam. And then right after that, we had the uh, – who was right after that? It was Sierra, Theo, Cam. Then you had uh, CJ, Tarian. Uh, shoot. Oh, George Atkinson. I forgot about GA. Yeah, GA was a bad man. Fast. I mean, we had guys, GB. Yeah, we had guys, Josh, Dex, and then now you got all the guys you have now. So, I mean, running back-wise, we never lost steam. It was never like a down year for running backs. They've always been able to provide what they needed for the offense, even though the offense was in in a, a lot of different situations like they were in previous. Out of all the – and, I mean, RIP to Greg, of course. Yeah. Who was in that room, too? Dude, everybody you just named, I think is only one person that didn't go to the league. Yeah, one guy that didn't go to the league. One. And I was tarring because he got hurt. Everybody else went to the league. Oh, that's crazy. Because, like I said, the narrative that I've seen from most, especially on here, you know, people talk about we need to upgrade the running back room you know, the recruiting in the running back room. And I'm like, honestly, that hasn't been the problem. Like, maybe you just want to go get a Travion Henderson. I mean, we haven't had a, a Reggie Bush effect at running back, but that's never been – the running back has never been the lead part of our offense. Just because we recruit so well, it's like, man, we, we also got some tight ends. We also got some receivers. Oh, the quarterback's not that bad either. Like, right, right. offensive line is great, so it's – it's hard to be a one-dimensional team with recruiting being so good for us that, uh, you know, everybody kind of fit in where they did and then end up getting the chance, given the chance on the next level on a team where they are highlighted more. They end up proving to be even more talented than we use them for. Now, before we move to the offensive line, I want to show you this piece of film from a new offer from over the weekend from Christian Brothers Catholic out of St. Louis Jeremiah Love running back class of 2023 he really likes Notre Dame says his dad really likes Notre Dame which you love to hear from kids he, he said the offer probably would have come earlier but with the coaching changes you know the communication kind of lessened a little bit and then picked back up once Dylan McCullough got back and was able to make contact. 
So I'm going to show Jeremiah love to my man because I know you guys, like you said, his facial expressions will tell the entire story. He, I won't, you won't have to hear a word from him. Once he sees this film, he's already going to know the guy. As I told him before the show, I got some film of a guy that reminds me of your boy. He was like, of my boy? I was like, yeah. So when you see it, you already know. All right, let's see it. Jeremiah Love, 2023 running back, Christian Love. This is his first carry of the season last year. Watch him tease this DB. Watch him tease this DB, bro. Watch him tease the DB. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, you know who just tackled him on that play, right? Who? Christian Gray, 2023. Christian Gray. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, mommy of that man. Yeah. Is that your yeah, boy? That's all I need to see. That's, that's GB in the flesh. That's that's G. That's GB right there, man. I mean, the personality. You know, the thing is about GB when he ran. But as soon as he got it, he was running full speed. He was taking mm -hmm. a million steps before he even get to the line of scrimmage, and and that's exactly what uh. <laughs> I told that's you, really cool yeah. to see. I said, "Yo, when I see when this kid, he sees this kid, he's immediately gonna think about his boy." You can tell the personality when he runs. You know, you can tell he probably he know he the man. He talking good. You know, so the explosiveness and it and, and just how it looks in the backfield. You know, sometimes the optics matter, and how he looked just carrying the rock not only reminds me of GB. It gives it gives me a lot of the electricity that you need in the offense that we got with a Dante Moore and a running back like that. You talking about something that you putting together real special? Inside, outside. Breakaway speed, shiftiness. Yo. I hope they get him. I really do. They said, <laughs> yeah. they, they said they were cool with having one running back because, look, they have four that are basically sophomores and below. Tyree is the only junior and, and mm -hmm. Sebo. So the running back room is fine if they take one. But they saw this kid and they were like, yo. We need him. We got to get him. That's we right. got to get him. I talked to Coach Reed that joined us yesterday after they offered him. And he was like, yo, you know, Coach Reed was coaching Desmet when they played that game on the film. Mm -hmm. He's like, dude, we played him twice. Those are only two losses. And every time the game was tight, he made a big play. He broke the game open. Like, that's every who he time. is. He's like, dude, that dude has elite speed and he is the real deal. That's all I needed to hear. He looked like it. That's all I needed to hear. Everybody's tapping in. Thank you all, LL Nation, for tapping in, staying with us. 
Will Chesnick. Hey, happy birthday, fam. Hey, thanks. Appreciate you, brother. I got Steve Patron. Happy birthday, Malik. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Everybody was definitely at Nick Cole Pitts. Happy birthday, Malik. Thanks, Nate. 27, man. We getting up. We getting up there. <laughs> you got to go. Lilo Galante says Estimate definitely would have been a monster at, at Michigan State. Thank God we have him. Yeah, oh, man. I mean, Estimate. <sighs> Michigan State had a pretty good running back last year, so. I mean, yeah, he was pretty decent, right? I mean, no, he, you know, I think Audrey Estimate looks like a Michigan State running back. I just hope yeah. that we that we use him right, you know. They should have used him more in the um, Fiesta Bowl, in my opinion. Yeah, but that, you know, I don't know what. Maybe, like I said, it was a future thing where they was like, okay, we're not going to release all the, the talent in this one because we can probably handle it what we got. Yeah. But Ohio State, we better see him out there. Got a special request from Tracy Pines. Tracy, thank you for tapping in. Give us some gold nuggets on uh, your spring battle between you and Ghost. <laughs> I don't know, man. It was just uh, it was just tense because nobody knew anything. Like you didn't really know who was who was in the lead or who, you know. It was just kind of like we just going through it motions and then. You pop out on day one, like, oh, this guy's going. So it's kind of like whatever, you know what I mean? But it, it did, I think, in a sense, push better leadership from both of us because it's just different. You know, you're going in with the first team, and it only matters when the other guy messes up. And then it's just like a, it's a weird yeah. thing where it's like he messes up, and then you got the same set of plays. And then you go in there and make it look great. And then it's just a, it just, it's weird. <laughs> it's a weird thing. <laughs> you just gotta worry about yourself, man, and uh, it'll work out for itself. That seems kind of divisive, bro. It is. That's why quarterback coaches are stupid because it's like you just like low key breaking up the team into different factions. Factions, man. yeah, just on a on a feeling level, like damn, like, and it, and it's only like that because you're saying only one guy can play and they gotta compete. All right, let's get through some more of these happy birthdays, Eugene Williams. That's a nice way to say it. Happy womb extraction day. Keegan, <laughs> happy birthday, Lefty. Extraction, I mean, I wanted to stay in there, wouldn't I? <laughs> right. Happy birthday, Malik Michael Parks. Thank you. David Flores, happy B-Day. John Hulse, that has to be happy birthday in Hawaiian. Because he has the okay, hey, <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, thanks, man. My, our boy Ashley Hill, happy yo, birthday, yo! I see your other comment about my sweater. I appreciate it. <laughs> That's right. Hey, always fresh to death. Tracy Tipton, happy birthday, Malik. Lilo Galante, happy birthday, Ohio player. <laughs> the only way, the right way. That's right. That's right. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Hey, 
Did you sign up for the legacy program yet? Yeah, I got the email. I, I got to get to it, but I was just trying to read through. There's a lot going on. It's a, definitely a lot going on, but I was reading through it. So I'm, I'm signing up tomorrow, but there's so many events. I didn't know whether you sign up for one and everything, but there's an email list we get already. So Wait a minute. So they, they have the calendar of events already? Yeah, there's like a, like a three-day blitz of all type of stuff going on. Because uh, we were going to do some other stuff there for Nora. So we're trying right. to plan on what we can be on. You know, there's a golf tournament, there's some tailgates, right. there's some uh, networking events. So there's a lot scheduled. So when uh, when What's Name was talking on the, the interview, I all the way understood because this is something we've never had before. And it'll be interesting to see who all comes because they're reaching back far. This is not just like the last two years, they're going back pretty far to get some of these alumni. Now, in the same time, Tim Brown came out maybe two days after West Pritchard and said that at least now he won't have to stand and wait for a ticket to get into the game. So I talked to, I talked to Tim, man, and Tim's so funny because Tim's well, you like, you know, Super Bowl week. I talked to him Super Bowl weekend, and I got to take I got a chance to take a picture with him and stuff. But he's just like, man, no, they ain't better take care of me when I come by. I don't want no hotel. Have somewhere nice for me to stay at. You know, the, all the amenities included, and then I'll come back. I agree. Like, man, put them up in a nice little spot. Put them up in BK's spot on Eddie Street. That's right. I mean, it's open. By the way, by the way my first time back in the band for the pressers, yo, the joints on Eddie Street. <laughs> yo. South Bend property value just went up. Yo. About a couple hundred thousand. That entire little development over there with the restaurants, the bars, and the town. It's like a city. It's like a little yeah. city. It's crazy. Yeah. And that's that. I think they're going further back. I see. Oh, some you know, they done people. bought up South Bend. Yeah. They yeah. said, give me all of that. <laughs> yeah. So they, they have plenty of property. Look, they didn't they didn't have a post office in Notre Dame, Indiana, and not call it Notre Dame, Indiana. They they trying to get some more land over there. Man. The fact someone, you know, I dilly dally on the IB message message board just to keep up with people that have questions about recruiting and some other things. And, you know, someone on the message board was like, yo, we have to put a line in the sand. Everybody that played for Notre Dame can't get free tickets. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, they are the program. Like, what, what are you talking about? You see how they do this, man. That 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 was a fan talking. I'm like, if the fans feel like this, I'm like, this is absolutely crazy. I'm like, if you don the uniform now, I would say if you if you earned a varsity letter hmm. for Notre Dame, if you want to draw a line in the sand, that's the line you draw in the sand. Like you have to at least have earned a varsity letter from Notre Dame. Which is what a full season? Yeah, that's a start full some season. games. Start some games. You should, you shouldn't need a ticket. You should have access to the field. You should just have call call hospitality. Hey, uh, you know, I just want to come up, bring the family, maybe get a little tour in, see my locker room. You know, see the new stuff. Because you're only coming maybe once or twice a year. Yeah. 
That's it. It's a hundred thousand plus people coming through Notre Dame weekend for the game every every week. Right. A couple players ain't making it hard. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. How many people really calling up every week to come to Notre Dame game? Ain't that many. Dude, they, getting they, there is hard. You won't give up your tickets for the guys that made Notre Dame, but you'll give your tickets up for Georgia fans coming in. For Cincinnati fans. For Cincinnati fans coming in. That's what we're doing. It's cool to give your tickets up for for Cincinnati and Georgia fans, but heaven forbid a former player like Tim Brown will want your seat for the game. No, I can't do that. Come on, man. And it's crazy. They already got the stadium sectioned off to where you can only get certain seats. You know, there's parts of the stadium you can't you can't even available to buy a seat over there. Yeah. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. It's crazy. And just to think about that, that with this this legacy and this level of history from this school and this program and this institution, man, I would, dude, if a, a recruit walked in for, from a game from the time he walked through the gate, I would have him see all of the statues. First of all, all of the statues around the stadium. Era, Lou, New, everybody, Divine, everybody. Come around to that entrance, let you see the tunnel down to the field, take you right over there to the right to the lounge, and let you see all the living Heisman right there as soon as you walk in the door. Mm. Heisman Trophy winner, Heisman Trophy winner, Heisman Trophy winner. Oh, snap. Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame. Like, yeah, yeah. Who else has this? That's right. And stack up the national championship. I don't know. I, hey, I don't for for West Pritchett to say it's been thirty five years since he's been invited. That goes beyond BK. No, uh, yeah, that goes back further than Brian Kelly. So as a program level, yeah, administration so, level, administration need to wake up, man. Turn things Take care around, of your players, man. boys. Terry Moore, my bad. Happy birthday, Malik. What's up, brother? Let's go over to well, we we both agree. We trust Harry. Doesn't matter how he rearranges the starting five up front, they'll be no. better. There's talk of Jared Patterson moving the tackle to get you a need some more money for the lead. Oh, and, and oh, for both. Get a youngster in the center, and he makes more money and moves up in the draft if he shows he can play tackle. Yeah. Right? And you it's already be smart. <laughs> There you go. You know what I'm saying? That's Harry Heastan. Harry Heastan. Yeah, he, he, you know, he could, nobody else could have did something like that. But everything moves. And this, the efficiency of the offense will be fine because the offensive line will be fine. Yeah. That's what guarantees nine games every year is offensive man. line. And the fact that 62 won't be playing, man, <laughs> that in itself. The fact that 62 would not be playing for Notre Dame. See, but that's a, it's unfortunate for him he didn't get the benefit of having Harry because maybe we wouldn't be. I don't think it would have made a difference. Oh, uh, see, look, now you. Uh, it's certain things, look, man. You can't do. You can't sprinkle sugar on, sh you know what I mean? I hear that. It's still sugar. That's all it is. That's all it is. Or sweet. That's right. <laughs> That's all it is. That's all 62 would have been with Harry Heastan. Some sweets, 
<laughs> so I'm glad Harry got back with some actual tools to work with, some actual athletes to work with. That's right. No, 62 is not invited back, David Jones. No, he's not. <laughs> he's not invited back. Even yeah, he though can't. he qualifies, he qualifies because I'm sure he got a varsity letter. No. Let that dude yeah. go go back to Marshall's reunion. Yeah, too much Marshall in him. Too many bad <laughs> habits. Thank you for the super chat, Demetrius Rex. Hey, Sean Malik, do you guys think Freeman will make the spring game way more competitive, high stakes than usual? Spring game under Kelly was always very relaxed. I mean, naturally, you want to see a little competition, but you also keeping in mind this is the spring, so you're not trying to have guys, you know, going all out and blowing, you know, um, their gaskets, trying to act like this is a game that is going to relate to the game that's going to be played in the first game of the season. So you want some intensity, but you really want to just showcase more of all the talent that you have and what y'all been kind of putting together, a little bit what offense looks like, you know, get a refresher on some of the stars we may see this year. So it's really an assessment and a showcase more so than a, you know, obviously it's going to be competitive. They're going to have some, the way the game is structured, probably like blue versus gold and a, somebody gets to eat dinner or something first. So, you know, something going to be on the line. But you really just want to see certain things. Like I want to see some, some effort. I want to see that speed at the linebacking change. I want to see how the Brandon Joseph coming in looks. Obviously, I want to look at the quarterbacks and see if they got better. Is the offense suited towards, you know, one or the other? And just I really want to see how the, which running back is popping out. I know they're going to – the running backs are probably going to be the more showcased uh, group because I know they're all going to be running really hard. And <laughs> I kind of want to see what, uh, who comes out on top in that in that instance. So that mixed with the defense that I know is going to be very much improved. Yeah. The run game is probably going to stand out a lot just from the run game and defense combination. So just information for everyone. Spring practice begins on March the 17th. That practice is at 7.55 a.m. All of the practices, like I said, we only have access to like five total practices. The pro day is Friday, March 25th. I'll be there for that. And then the next day, Saturday the 26th, is the open practice where we're there for the full practice as the media. And that's at 10 o'clock the day after the pro day. So those are the dates to keep in mind. That's when we'll really have access. I'll be able to give you guys the ins and outs of practice and who's looking good and who's the, who's standing out. That's March 26th. The beginning of practice is March the 17th. And then we only have, of course, the blue and gold game is the 23rd of April. I think we had three more occasions where we can watch like the five first, you know, first five sessions, whatever those are, you know, breakout sessions. And, but we can't tweet or take pictures. I think they give us access to take video doing warm ups like that and stuff like that. So, pretty much the same as it was the previous year. Maybe things will change as Marcus Freeman gets deeper into his tenure. Let's go over to the other side of the ball. I've been critical over the last week or so of the defensive line saying I expect more, especially since all these guys came back. 
talking about national championship. Like you put your mouth is out there putting a lot on the table. You better be able to sit at that same table you prepared and eat. And I need to see it from Isaiah Foskey, Adam Miola, Riley Mills, everybody. It's time to put up, shut up. This defensive front needs to dominate a little bit more. They play very well. Don't get me wrong. But in big-time games, I'm asking them for a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, they need to have – I wouldn't even say more. I would say they need to make more of a presence. You know, I need to see them causing havoc, maybe not be the result of the play, but they forced the play into being something that the play wasn't meant for. And 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 being – I think a lot about that Alabama and Georgia game. It wasn't a sack every play. But you saw the presence of both D-lines in the game whether they made the tackle or not, you know, it was, it was either you had to get it out before they got to you or they got you. <laughs> that that kind of suffocating effort from the, the D line is what I would love to see from an intense Marcus Freeman led defense, because that's, that's the difference maker in what is putting these teams into the categories of best teams of college football history. I mean, arguably, that defense Georgia had has got to be top five, if not top three in college football history for defensive stats, statistics, and just players. So I do think that the D-line being a big part of that is something that if we want to have a legendary defense, it's going to have to be, come from the production mm-hmm. of the defensive line and the presence. Hey, Jones has a question. Will Sebo be taking part in spring ball? He's on the roster. I mean, we I, I have to wait until March 17th. He's on the roster. And hopefully he'll be out there. He's definitely taking part in training. And he's working hard. So at this point in time, I would have to say yes. Lawrence Gunter, happy birthday, Malik. Glad to see you back. Tracy Tipton, Malik, do you think Sebo has a shot to star? Next season, Sebo. You keep saying, Am I tripping? Sebo Flemister. Oh, oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, hopefully, I think Sebo runs a, hard, man. Sebo runs run, hard, he runs hard as hell, but <laughs> you know, I just think it just depends on what the offense is going to need. You know, are we going with Tyler where the run game is going to be important? Either way is going to be important, but the run game specifically important to Tyler to take some of that pressure off so he can be open to run. I think that's where Sebo can come effective. Because if you run it hard like that, somebody's going to have to get in your way. And that's going to cause a lot of attention, which can open up Tyler in the run game for the read option. So uh, that's a good instance of scenario. But if we talking about Drew Pine starting, I just think it's a different style of running you're going to move with in general. I don't know if you want to see Sebo getting the bulk of the carries, but I wouldn't mind Sebo being like the short yardage guy. Him and Aldrich, mm. I wouldn't mind because I mean Sebo is hard nosed man. He runs hard. Mm. He rarely gets hit behind a or gets stopped on first contact. That's just the type of kid he is, and he's going to force everybody else to play hard. Right. That's that's what he does. He practices hard. He plays hard. That's the impact he can have on that room and the youngsters in that running back room. 
Yeah, one hundred percent. I think I think yeah. it's just like that's the type of energy you need to boost the other guys around you because they're just naturally gonna feel a way about it. When you coming out there running hard every week, they're gonna be all right, well, we gotta yeah, keep up with that. You know, we can't take a day off, which is going into what McCullough was saying that it's hard to even have a workhorse just because all those guys probably earn the, the right to at least get some time or get some carries. It's only one football. Lucky Lucky Podcast, John Davis, Malik Zaire. Going to the defensive side of the ball, this is your favorite part. How is this linebacking core going to play out? If it was up to you, you would like to see all, uh, just three brand-new freshmen. <laughs> <laughs> Already know. <laughs> Get the, the formula. The formula there. is having the formula is having the superstar freshman that that you can just tell he just needs to be out there, but he'll figure it out because he's gonna be really good. Then you need you need that solid veteran who's holding the show down that that may not that has some star quality in the beginning, but kind of just faded to be a really good football player. Then you need that guy that's that's on the edge where. He's going to get it done nine times out of ten, but he may not be the superstar of the group, but yeah. he's an assistant player. And then you need that one linebacker that's just the guy. And I think we have enough talented guys to fill those roles that if they can play together, it's hard not to have that superstar defense that you're looking for. You know what's funny? I think we all expect Jalen to get ticked. We all expect Jalen Sneed to get ticked. But I think it's going to be a sleeper. I really do. It might be Junior Tulamaka. Heck, it might be Josh Burnham. Some Somebody's going to sneak up and get on that field as a young linebacker. Yeah, because you're recruiting too good. You know, yeah. you can't recruit all these four stars on the edge of five stars and, and, and you don't see them pop out because not only will they leave, but, you know, what you're recruiting on so hard for if you're not going to put them out there. I mean, they're, Prince they're Colley, really your guys. Prince Collie has to be one. Has to yes. Be. Yes. He should have started last year, by the middle of the year. I agree. In my opinion, especially once Drew Wright had the knee injury and lost mm-hmm. the step. It's like, man, put Prince in there and let him just let him learn. Let him let get him better. It out. Especially yeah. with the second half, that second half schedule. As bad yeah. as those offenses were. Those are good reps for him to take. Man, great reps for him to take. You weren't losing any of those games. Let's see. Let's get some more of these questions. Comments. Will Chesnick, I can't deal with another five-star noodle arm, undersized quarterback. <laughs> Pull five stars behind the transfer don't commit in the first place. If Pine starts, I'm going to feel like it's more of the same. Dude, I'll be honest. Whomever starts for Notre Dame this year might not make a difference come next year. And that's being real. Might not make a difference. Because if Dante Moore is as good as advertised, it won't matter. It won't matter. It won't matter. And I, I want Tyler to get better. Yeah. Because if Tyler improves, that's a that's an 11-win season. If Tyler Buckner is a good quarterback, that's an 11-win season. I you agree. Go, you, you walk into USC with a chance to play for the college football playoffs. Yeah. 
with title. It's as simple as that. Because the offensive line won't be a problem. I don't foresee it. Being yeah, a problem. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, the offensive line will be good. Offensive line guaranteeing you nine. Tyler being good gets you to the playoffs, but it takes that one to win the playoffs. And heck, the wide receivers can't play any worse. I mean, yeah. I mean, come on. They got they yeah they got all the help they can ask for heading into this next season. Well, Demetrius Rex says, what do you guys think of on three ranking Dante Moore as the 49th best player in the country? Well, you know, when you're getting into ranking just players in the in the country, that's that's hit or miss because half of those guys don't even make it full four years. It's usually the bottom half of the hundred that are the superstars and drafted players anyway. But Dante being right in the middle of the pack, I mean, it's kind of what you want for your quarterback. Not too high, not too low, right in the middle. Ashley Hill says, Dante going to LSU this weekend. I ain't one to gossip. You ain't heard it from me. It means absolutely nothing. The CBK? Yeah, I'm not worried. It means absolutely nothing. Tommy can call him right after he leaves. Like, you see the, you see what he produced here? Isn't it, isn't it with uh, Mardi Gras? Isn't Mardi Gras still out there? You know, maybe he yeah. didn't want to get some started, food or something. Started, yeah, started yeah. today. No, started yeah. yesterday. Yeah, so he really out there for Mardi Gras. Let's be serious. <laughs> Trying to see, get some beads and some some good Go down clean, there, uh, clean, Mardi Gras. Yeah, get some Queen Mary's crab down there. You know, he he, he might stop by LSU, but yeah. Chris Ayers, does Vazina's tape impress you at all? Uh, I don't do. I, I'm meeting this kid when I come out there next week. I don't know if he's on your schedule this year. I like the Rashad kid, man. The Rashad kid from out there. Oh, the receiver? No, the quarterback. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think he's pretty good. I like that kid a lot, man. I think, I think he's undervalued, man. I, I like him too, but it's just Jane Rashada. I think he's really undervalued. Now I, I don't put him on the same level with like Dante or Nico or Vizin or Malachi, shall I say? I think though for me, those are the top three. Yeah, those are the top three. Everybody else is like right under them. Like Arch Manning, even Arch Manning for me is like he's cerebral. But his his skills his his aren't 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 really that impressive. I'm not over impressed with his physical tools. Yeah, but none of the Mannings have great physical tools, so right. it's just like they you know they gonna get a pass until rubber has to meet roll for them. But I do like Jada Rashada a lot. I think he's one of those projects you can really build on. You can see progression through the three or four years that he's there. It's not something yeah. where you're trying to unlock the potential is more of he can just keep getting better each year. Yeah. I think that's a very serviceable serviceable thing considering we're a great recruiting other positions. So he would fit great with us if it's not an elite quarterback we're getting. Jay Clampett Investments, do you think if it's close between Tyler and Drew, they go with Drew easier to move to Dante next year? 
they, they want Tommy wants Tyler to win the job. Like, don't get it twisted. Like the coaches want Tyler to win the job. One hundred percent. The coaches want Tyler to win the job, but they're like Tyler's gotta gotta win the job. <laughs> and I think they're giving good respect to Drew because he is a veteran. I mean, he does have the 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 morale of the team, so it's not a bad option. But when you're talking about on the cusp of winning a championship, uh, Drew can't be. Um, I don't think either one of them can be or should be considered in the competition only because you need to get to the guy that you're going to roll with so you get focused for that first game. A lot of questions about Vazina. Like I said, Vazina is the top three guys for me. I don't know about you, bro. You know, we put video out there early about the top four guys. It's Nico, it's Dante, and then Vazina. Dog. I mean, I saw Vazina's tape. It's just like I don't see anything necessarily being elite. I see him just being a good player. All right. And no, if Dante Moore's still out there and is telling you that you're in the lead and the relationship is great, you wait until Dante Moore makes his decision. You have to. Yeah, he just respect his time to really, you know, get get to what he really wants because you don't want him to rush it and then be in a position where he wants to leave real fast. And then, yeah. and then and now you're even in a worse position because now you probably sold the house and recruiting to try to get him. And now if it doesn't work out, it just sets you back. Hey, man, look, defensive backfield, we're ready to go. We all know. I don't expect C. Lou to be the starting cornerback opposite of uh, Cam Hart. I'm just being honest. Too much young talent that are sophomores and a bunch of young talent with a lot of confidence coming in as freshmen at the defensive back position. So Clarence Lewis is going to have to play his tail off in the spring. I'm thinking I'm putting my money on Phil Riley. I think Phil Riley is going to make a good case to get in, his, get in the way over there. Uh, it's just going, but it is going to be interesting to see who they roll with. I think all of them are very hungry and young enough that uh, it's going to be a, a hard thing to, to to decide who to put out there. Only because, I mean, it's they're all unproven in a sense, except for our guy Cam Hart. So it's really about who gels the best with Cam and who can make tackles. I think making tackles in space is something we value over anything. All right, so look, this is the best way I can explain. So if Azania doesn't wait and Moore ends up choosing another school, what is your next plan? So you've been trying develop to develop quarterbacks, develop quarterbacks, develop quarterbacks. The ones you have, right? <laughs> but I try to explain it like this: It's this girl in school you've been trying to holler at for the longest time, and you've been waiting for the moment. Well, you can go ahead and lock her up. And you just have to wait and be patient. But it's another girl that you don't like as much that's always at your locker when it's your birthday. She's putting the wrapping paper on your locker, bringing you the cookie cake, saying happy birthday and all letting of that. You, letting you get her homework before class. All of that. Oh. Doing all of that. You know, she's making you feel real special, but she she ain't the one. She ain't the one. So do you go ahead, settle, 
just because she's showing you that attention? Yeah. Or do you wait on the or one that you wait? really want? That's right. I think in our case, we've given a lot of treatment to girls that we feel like we can do a little bit better than. I think it's I think it's time to go after the one that that fits our speed that will pay for dates sometimes. We've been paying for a lot of dates, fellas. See, you know, gotta get a, gotta get somebody that can match that fifty percent. <laughs> you know, most dudes in high school settle because they don't like the battle that it takes for the cheerleader. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They can't they can't stand the they can't stand the rain. No, they can't stand the attention. You know, they can't take the football players trying to holler at her. They can't There's take the basketball players trying to holler at her, so they'd rather just go ahead. Let me just go <laughs> ahead over here, deal with Shorty that For math class. Yeah. <laughs> she just Shorty. works at Target after school every day. Works in the middle of the mall, you know. That nine to five. <laughs> Give me my free press with lemonade after school. I'm good. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with girls like that. Nothing wrong with that. But if you're trying to win prom king, yeah. You gotta have to, some nice. You gotta have some nice. You gotta be willing to wait. <laughs> you gotta be willing to fight. It's not gonna be easy. The, getting the captain of the chili squad ain't easy, bro. You're gonna have to do a little bit more. You're gonna have to show up to a little uh tennis practices on the side. Yeah, man. A little, little recital or something. You know, you might have to go to that. <laughs> you know what time it is. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's Petty Historic Petty Junction? Petty Junction each and every day. Petty Story of the Day. Chris Ayers, man, see your comment. We were just having fun, man. Just having <laughs> yeah. fun with the topic, man. But no, like I said, Jaden Rashad is somebody you can fall back on. I love him, 2023. Y'all already chasing uh, Davis. Jay Davis, the 24, number one quarterback out of South Carolina. He's already in love with Tommy Reeves. And then the 25 quarterback, Jay Underwood out of Detroit, already offered by Notre Dame. And CJ Carr from 24. Quarterback won't be a problem moving forward from a recruiting standpoint. Tommy Reese is handling that. The question we have is development. That's, that's right. That's even if Dante hits hits the room. He, he gotta to get developed. developed. He has to be developed. Now he's starting at a faster pace. Yeah. But he still gotta finish the race. That's the that's know. the code. <laughs> Let's start with this pettiness, man. I don't know if you saw this story. A man in the New York City subway smeared doo-doo on a young lady's face that was waiting for the train. Literally just walked past her, had a bag, for some reason had a bag of manure in his hand. 
and smashed it on her face and all over her clothes and ran. Of course, he was caught on film. They put him on the news and they caught him the very next day. That's mad petty, my dude. The doo-doo bandit. Doo-doo. <laughs> doo brown. Doo-doo brown. Doo-doo brown. See, that's, see, you know, that's what the pandemic does to people, man. Got people out here smearing the madness, you know. Because, I mean, is, it a, is that a law? Or is it just something you just you just want to beat somebody up real bad for? <laughs> man. Whoo, man. I, I would need, man, if I was any any type of relation to that young lady, I would need five minutes, bro. <laughs> I would need five minutes with that dude. Like, forget yeah, the rest just- yeah, forget, forget. Yeah, you don't even want him to be arrested because it wouldn't. That wouldn't even do it justice. No, I need five minutes with dude. Yeah, yeah, like hands tied, you know. <laughs> Facts. Then Charles, remember. Charles Oakley, in the recent interview, said that uh, these new school basketball players are soft, and Giannis Antetokounmpo wouldn't get off the bench. In our day, oh my god! You know, when you get to these old men pissing on that mm-hmm. lawn, man. Yeah, you, they get to acting real cranky. I because what, what are you talking about? <laughs> Giannis would be dunking on y'all even worse. <laughs> I I can see the decision for Pat Riley back in the day. Giannis Charles Oakley, Giannis Charles Oakley. Hey Pat, what do you think? <laughs> Giannis is two steps after the three point to dunk it. What are we talking about here? He's dunking two steps after the three point line. And last but not least, New York City's mayor is getting ready to set the date. I think he's already set the date for the mask mandate to be lifted in New York City. But even with that, Kyrie Irving is still not allowed to play in Brooklyn. For home game. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man. This is mad. Uh, it's it's deeper than it's deeper than that. That's all it is. That all it shows that it's it's something against Kyrie they don't like. It's gotta be. Cause at this point, the the, the Brooklyn Nets suck so bad. They already let go of Harden. Just let him play. COVID ain't stopping that. You know, COVID is clearly only been a blog and obstacle for Kyrie not to play. But he needs to play. That's terrible. Man, that's the petty train for the day, man. As always, we're featuring and brought to you by Anora Whiskey. AnoraWhiskey.com is the premium American whiskey. AnoraWhiskey.com. Thank you all for reaching out. We asked the question last week, would you prefer our time be moved to the evening and the off-season rather than the nine? The uh, 9 a.m. start. Hey, I'm Natasha Cunningham. The great thing about Photoshop is that there are... My fault. That's when you got a page open and all of a sudden the audio just clicks in. But no. That's right. You guys have... Man, it was a landslide. You prefer the evening shows because you're able to click it live. And, uh, yo. You think we should keep it going in the evenings, bro? I think so. It's a good time. 5.30 is good for you? That's right. It's good for me. 5.30 right. Central, 6.30 p.m. Eastern. 
Lucky Lefty Podcast this off season. We'll keep it rocking that way. And let me see if there's some more funny comments before I leave, man. The Poo Poo Express on the petty train. <laughs> Terry Moore, uh, I think, well, see, you spelled that with the E-R. So I'm going to anticipate that you're talking about a uh, athletics. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, because if you were talking about the other thing based upon the story, you should use an A <laughs> and not an E-R. The question should be, was you a player when you was growing up? Yeah, yeah. And I know we always give the analogies, the high school analogies and everything, you know, just to have a little fun. But I was too busy with sports, man. That's I right. Really Same. I embarrassed myself, man. See, I love laughing at myself. So I remember my freshman year, I liked this young lady. And I knew that she went to church. And my icebreaker for her was, yo, what's up? Da, 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 what you doing this weekend? Yo, man, I, I man, I can come to your church. Like that was my icebreaker. Like hey, I can go to your church. Uh I can come to your church, man. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was that's all I had, man. So <laughs> all I had, man. I didn't do. I I self-admit. No, my game was my game was at a beginning under level. construction. It was just under the construction. It was just under construction, man. So no, I it took me a while, man. Now by the time I got to my junior year, though, by the time I got to my junior year, I had my jacket. Yeah, that shaft jacket. They I had, oh, I had my Letterman jacket. Ooh, in varsity. That's Baseball? what we talking. That's what we talking. You had to, you just be showing the patch. Yeah, showing the patch. Yeah, you know when girls like, can I wear your jacket? Like, because you know it's cold. Yeah, and you know that jacket. That jacket go a long way around school. Long way, because then the other girls see that girl wearing your jacket, and then they want to wear your jacket. Varsity now you jacket. Now you, now you can't get your jacket you know? back. Now you can't get your jacket back. It's, you have leased it out too much, you know. Right. You got too much going on. Right. That varsity jacket is a powerful thing, powerful tool in high school, man. So we thank everybody for joining us. We we'll see you guys tomorrow, five thirty p.m. To talk some more about Notre Dame football, and Deuce is going to be joining us this week. I have to double check with him which day, and then Wednesday we have Kenneth Davis. He's going to join us to talk a little NFL Combine. Kyron Williams, Kyle Hamilton, and what to expect from the NFL combine and maybe get into some NFL free agency other than anything that's happening in Green Bay. I'll do. Oh, last but not least, Rob Manfred, players, owners, Major League Baseball, all of y'all on the petty train. The fact that the first, the first two weeks are pretty much gone for what? Hop on the petty train. Matter of fact, you can stay there. Just stay yeah. there. I got Notre Dame football through the spring and the summer. Y'all can stay That's there. Right. I don't even care. We don't even care. I don't even care, man. I really don't. 
I'm fed up. And the White Sox <laughs> have a good squad. I'm still fed up. Yeah. Just stay locked out. I don't even care. <laughs> we'll see y'all tomorrow. Man. See y'all tomorrow. <laughs>